Welcome to Hymn Stories, a podcast about how our songs of the faith came to be and how they've encouraged, comforted, and strengthened believers like you and me. Hymn Stories is a part of the Media Gratier Podcast Network. My name is Ryan Bush. The hymn, Jesus, Wherever Thy People Meet, was written by William Cooper. It was originally published in the volume entitled Only Hymns. This was the hymn book composed entirely of songs written by William Cooper and his pastor, John Newton. We've looked at John Newton and William Cooper multiple times in previous episodes. Cooper and Newton's production of the Only Hymns is truly a monumental feat. Their help to the church through their hymns up to today is incalculable. Yet, these were ordinary men, low, humble, flawed men who were helped by God to fulfill their calling. And you might be tempted to think that hymns like Amazing Grace or There is a Fountain Filled with Blood were written by these men and then brought to a huge sanctuary with a booming organ and piano and then belted out by many hundreds of people. Indeed, that would seem like a fitting introduction of those hymns, but this isn't at all what happened. Newton, assisted by Cooper, led a prayer meeting each week that met in a house. This is where these songs were first introduced. The people of Oni were mostly poor, humble, uneducated folks, Some were farmers, and many others were lace makers. The latter would work by hand in their tiny, damp, poorly lit dwellings. These people were impoverished, ignorant, and afflicted by all sorts of hardships. And these precious and weary souls would gather on Tuesday evenings to partake of the means of grace, scripture, prayer, and songs. John Newton loved his flock dearly as low as they were, even at the expense of higher-class attenders who were not at all pleased to see the assembly filled with unrefined villagers. Newton had managed to secure a large vacant house for the church to use for various purposes, including these prayer meetings. It became known as the Great House, and it was here at this house that the songs that made up the Oni collection were first sung by the saints. When the church started to use the great house, Newton wrote to a friend, Pray for us, that the Lord may be in the midst of us there, and that as he has now given us a Rehoboth and has made room for us, so he may be pleased to add to our numbers and make us fruitful in the land. William Cooper loved these prayer meetings. Those who heard him pray immediately recognized the depth of faith and communion that he had with the Lord. Cooper was a man of deep prayer because he was a man of deep anguish. No doubt, Cooper had these meetings in mind when he wrote the lines, Dear shepherd of thy chosen few, thy former mercies here renew. Here too our waiting hearts proclaim the sweetness of thy saving name. Here may we prove the might of prayer to strengthen faith and sweeten care to teach our faint desires to rise and bring all heaven before our eyes. 
John Newton loved Cooper and pastored him well in the midst of his bouts of depression and anxiety. On Saturday morning, January 2nd, 1773, Newton was called to the bedside of an unwell parishioner. He was told it was an emergency, so he wasted no time arriving there. He wrote later that night in his journal, My time and thoughts much engrossed today by an afflicting and critical dispensation at Orchardside. I was sent for early this morning and returned astonished and grieved. How mysterious are the ways of the Lord! How much seems now at stake! But while all is in His hands, all is safe. Could hardly attend to anything else. The parishioner in question was William Cooper. Cooper was on the brink of what many thought complete insanity. The following day, Sunday, Newton wrote, was sent for again in the morning, an affecting scene. I was told appearances were worse afterwards, but before noon, the Lord interposed in mercy. By Tuesday, Cooper had only worsened. Newton wrote, I have devoted myself and time as much as possible to attend to Mr. Cooper. The severity of his ailment led Newton to bring the matter to the members of the weekly prayer meeting that evening. He wrote, At the great house I mentioned the case in general terms and made it the subject of my evening discourse. It was a solemn and affecting time, and I hope earnest prayer was and will be poured out to the Lord. Cooper normally assisted Newton in those meetings, and the people felt especially burdened for him in his sickness. Newton wrote, The Lord has laid the case much upon the hearts of the people. Surely this is a token for good. Then he added, Much as yesterday, the storm is heavy. Perhaps one of the greatest encouragements here is this. The assembly of the saints is a refuge for storm-battered souls. When God's people gather together under the oversight of a true shepherd who faithfully feeds the flock with God's word, leads the flock to the throne of grace and prayer, and gives out songs to lift their eyes to God, then their souls are fed and enlivened and encouraged. God keeps his people through the warmth and help of his people. There's also a warning here. Do not forsake the assembly of the saints. Don't allow your feelings to lead you into Satan's trap of neglecting, gathering together with the church. Know that your heart will be warmed to God's people and to God himself when you attend, even if you feel cold now. And indeed, there may be times when you are on your sick bed and incapable of attending, as Cooper was. Then, may the people of God come to you. May the under-shepherd attend to your bedside. Treasure the assembly of the saints. Louis Bailey wrote a practical guide as a help to those who would attend the Lord's Day gatherings. He wrote these words concerning prayer. He said, When prayers begin, 
lay aside your own private meditations and let your heart join with the minister and the whole church as being one body of Christ. Because God is the God of order, he will have all things done in the church with one heart and accord. It is both ignorant and prideful for a man to think his own private prayers are more effectual than the public prayers of the whole church. Solomon, therefore, advises a man not to be rash to utter a thing in the church before God. Therefore, pray when the church prays, sing when they sing, and participate in the actions of kneeling or standing or sitting in the different ceremonies. For the avoidance of scandal, the continuance of charity, and in testimony of your obedience, conform yourself to the manner of the church wherein you live. Thank you for joining me in this episode of Hymn Stories. May the Lord bless you and keep you as you sing and make melody in your heart to Him.